2: From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. In the 22 years since the United States invaded Afghanistan, there has been a stream of refugees and immigrants from Central Asia to the U.S. And nowhere is there a denser concentration of Afghan arrivals than in Fremont, the medium-sized east Bay city. While we sometimes talk about the geopolitics or refugee aid programs, it's harder for us to get at the internal psychological turmoil that some battle, especially those who worked for and with the U.S. military. In a new feature film, Fremont, a translator's quiet, tortured dilemmas takes center stage. We talk with the film's stars and director after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Fremont's home to the largest Afghan population in the United States, more than 65,000 strong. It's also the setting for a new feature film from director Babak Jalali, which tells the story of a refugee and former translator for the U.S. military who settles into an anonymous apartment building in Fremont and begins a new life working in a fortune cookie factory and trying to face the guilt and freedom comes with her new life. The film is not what you might expect. It's wry and stylish and cross-cultural. To me, it has as much in common with the great indie films like Jim Jarmusch or even Kevin Smith as it does with more mawkish immigrant tales. With humor and with a lot of intensity, it asks, what do you even do in the great openness of America when you know what America has done? We're joined this morning first by director and co-writer of Fremont, Babak Jalali. Welcome.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: We're also joined by Anida Wali-Zada, actor who stars in Fremont. Welcome, Anaita.
1: Hi. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Anaida, um, you had never acted professionally before this film. So what made you want to try out and be the lead in a movie?
1: Um, yes, this is my first time, uh, because, um, uh, I was evacuated by the Biden administration in August, 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have experience in front of camera and microphone and I'm okay. But the thing is, um, I wanted to try it and it was just five months, uh, for me being in the United States and I wanted to start again, uh because what happened in Afghanistan and all those trauma. um, So it was a good time Mm -hmm. for me to start again. And Bobak, I sent an email to Bobak, and uh, yeah, this is my first time acting.
2: So this character is also processing a lot of trauma from Afghanistan, as you say you, you were too. Do you think it helped? you personally to do this acting to deal with your own kind of memories of afghanistan
1: uh honestly yes uh i changed my life one the other part is uh i really uh feel like uh it was necessary or it was a good uh decision that i made on that time uh it helped me to get out of that trauma and get out of that memories. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Personally, yes.
2: Did you learn anything about yourself from playing the character?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, Babak, one day we talked about it and I asked Babak what you saw um, in me and you choose me he said uh your own face expression and your own uh um what do you call it, presence yeah your own presence uh but uh, the thing that i learned from myself that i'm strong i can do it and um yeah it was a hard time for me but what it came from uh, what, what comes oh sorry
2: You're doing great, you're doing great, yeah you?
1: Uh, thank you um,
2: <laughs> yeah, well Babak, why don't we talk uh a little bit about about your role um why did you want to make this as I understand it, you are Iranian um and British, right, so why did you want to make this film about this particular you know Afghan woman uh
3: yeah, I mean um <clears throat> I am Iranian um And I grew up in England predominantly, but um, us uh, us Iranians and uh, people of Afghanistan, uh, with a large portion of the people of Afghanistan, we share a language, we share um, cultural similarities, and a shared history. Mm -hmm. And 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 if I can speak frankly, I mean, my first uh, memory of what it was, how it felt to feel shame and guilt. Was uh, as a child when I witnessed the treatment of uh, Afghan people in Iran. Hmm. Uh, we have an enormous uh, Afghan population going back many, many years, and even like I said, as a young child, it was clear to see that um, hmm. it wasn't right what was how a majority of the Afghan population were being treated in Iran, hmm. um, and that's that did stick with me because um, I have a, a strong. Um, affiliation or my affiliation sorry fondness or affection um with um yeah afghan people in general and all my films there has been either an afghan character or an Hmm. afghan so when um it came to telling this story i uh, i was making uh, my second feature film in the bay area about eight years ago and um, i never heard about Fremont I didn't know that. <laughs> right <laughs> you didn't know it's home of the American Afghan yeah community. Yeah. yeah I had no clue um, uh, but we had um, uh, Afghan actors in in that film Radio Dreams and they told me about Fremont so I went um, you know just to see it and to have Afghan food and uh, things like that and um, then I found out about the presence of uh, former translators there mm-hmm. And I became just intrigued by um, the idea, you know, because me, myself, as an Iranian, you know, I grew up in the West, but I tell myself, however much I may uh, be at odds with the regime in Iran, I don't think I could bring myself to, for example, I don't know, side with the American military Mm. uh, in what they do in Iran. I just, I would never imagine myself doing that. And and the whole... um, Let's say American um, expedition in Afghanistan bothered me no end, Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, but the the plight of the translators was a very peculiar one because you know a lot of the ones I spoke to or read about didn't do it for any sort of moral reasons. It was a job in a place where jobs were scarce, Mm. and uh, you know at the end of how it goes is that first and foremost you need to put food on the table for yourself and for your family. And they did it because it paid and they could rely on a the skill they had, i.e. they spoke English. And uh, it provided a way out via the special immigration visa. So a lot of the ones that were in Fremont or Sacramento, um, they found themselves um, kind of looked down upon by members of the Afghan community who considered them sellouts and things mm. like that. I mean, I mean, even members of the Afghan community who were not... You know, pro Taliban. Um, just the idea that, for example, they were seen as siding with the American uh, yeah, military was not quite correct for them. But so they would, so the mm. transit were in a very awkward situation. Added to the fact that, you know, once they made it to America, the, their living conditions and everything was quite dire. Mm. You know, they got the no. special immigration visa, but then they were kind of left alone. Um, so the story, I mean, so I became interesting telling this story about a former yeah, former translator resettling. But most of the ones that I spoke to or read about were men. Um, but I knew there were also female translators. Mm. And uh uh something that has annoyed me a lot has been representation of Afghan women in media and cinema, in that um they seem to solely focus on the oppression that they were under. Um, and that is not untrue because, of course, it's dire, the situation for them. But having grown up around Afghan women in Iran and, and also abroad, a lot of Afghan women, most Afghan women I met were very independent, very, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, they had a sense of agency, they had ambitions, they had desires, they had wishes. And we seldom heard or, or saw anything uh, mm. mm-hmm. about that. So, so with Carolina Cavalli, the co-writer, we decided to um, make the main ca- character female from mm-hmm. the transfer. Yeah. And uh,
2: you know, uh, Anita, your translator character has some trouble with other, you know, Afghans, like uh, Babak is talking about. You were a journalist. How did you feel about the Afghans who worked as U.S. military translators?
1: Um, uh, as Babak said, uh, we are, uh, people who, uh, were able to speak English and they were looking, uh, for a way out from Afghanistan because of war and economic situation and find a good job and work with the, and to, to feed their family. I think the same, uh, I have the same idea because, uh, what was going on in Afghanistan and uh, I know some uh, former translator that they died in war and like explosion mm. uh, that, uh, they had uh, the same idea to get out of Afghanistan mm. and I respect them uh, the way I got out of Afghanistan and I had a reason and it was the same that saved my life. Mm.
2: Yeah, you know, we have um, we're, we're here talking about the new feature film Fremont, um, which is set in the Afghan refugee community um, in uh, the Bay Area here. And it's about adjusting to life um, in a new country. We're joined by uh, Babak Jalali, who is the director and co-writer of Fremont. We're also joined by Anaita Wali Zada, who is uh, the lead actress in Fremont, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, have you seen the film? You know, are you part of Fremont's Afghan community? We'd love to hear your thoughts. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at org. Maybe you've fled a turbulent situation, moved to a new country. You can tell us about that. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on threads. We're KQED forum. We actually have a little cut from the film. It's uh, the lead character, Donya's co-worker, singing the Vashti uh, Bunya song, Diamond Day. And we're going to go out to that.
3: Just another diamond day Just a blade of grass Just another bale of
2: hay And the horse's pass. La 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 la
3: La, la 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 la. Just another field to blow, just a grain of wheat, just a sack of
1: seed to sow, and the children eat.
4: La 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 la.
0: Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera.
2: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about the new feature film, Fremont, which is set in the city of Fremont, uh, which, of course, has the largest Afghan community, not just in the Bay Area, but um, in the United States. We're joined by Babak Jalali, who is the director and co-writer of Fremont, as well as the star of the movie, Anaita Wali Zada. Um, Babak, I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about the actual aesthetic of the movie. I mean, one of the things I found fascinating is the film doesn't really let you see any California landscape. It doesn't let you see the beautiful bay. It doesn't let you see the hills. It doesn't let you see the ocean. Um and like the depth of focus is um so narrow, like for listeners, you might think about it, it's kind of looks like it's almost filmed in portrait mode, you know, the backgrounds are blurred. Was that just what 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 were you doing with that aesthetic choice there?
3: Um yeah. I think it's par- that's pers- partially connects t- to the reason why we shot in the aspect ratio we shot in, and also that we shot in black and white. Mm-hmm. So um, in a lot of ways, Fremont serves as a commuter town. Uh, of course, it also has its th- uh, own thing where people also in- work there. There's uh, business and life there too. But many people do also commute to San Francisco for work. I didn't want... Um, and San Francisco is an internationally renowned city. You know, a, a, everywhere in the world, uh, it's considered one of the iconic cities in the world. Um, with all due respect, Fremont is not <laughs> because of um, you know in the in the conscience of people. Um, let's say uh, elsewhere, um, it doesn't hold the same. Let's uh huh,
2: yes. Yeah. We had a yeah, whole fight before the show about whether Fremont could be called unassuming. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know? Well, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say this with full love because I come from a provincial northern Iranian uh, border town. So I'm not, you know, I and I like... Uh, Fremont's not a small town, but I like, you know... Yeah, I too love like, Fremont,
2: just so everyone knows. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> but so, um, so I didn't want it to seem like, you know, Donya, the main character... Lives in Fremont, commutes to San Francisco, and then when she gets to San Francisco, you know you have the bright lights and the colors and the vibrancy, and everything is hunky dory uh that was just that was never the intention and I feel um we do show a bit of Chinatown in San Francisco and we do show a little bit of Fremont exteriors but I wanted to keep that to a minimum uh to at a minimum level because um it I didn't want the story getting to the point of her um, traversing from one place to the other made it seem like she was, Uh, 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 how should I say, Uh, the other place was paved with gold and everything was going to be okay. Right, right. Bright
2: lights, big city. Now she's kind of made it. Yeah. I mean, it really also seemed to work together for me with these kind of long shots where we're just seeing you know donia which is to say anita walles had face on the screen just kind of reacting like you know as we went into the break we heard um, that that snippet of her coworker karaokeing diamond day and in that scene is really her face is is really Donya's face that she's just like tears streaming down you know one going all the way down her neck and the really long shots um, talk, talk to me about it, uh, a little bit. I mean, it seemed like you're, you have a character who wants to be silent. So you have to find other ways of presenting her kind of internal landscape.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there is quite a few, uh, moments where we the camera lingers. Um, I'm always, this is purely a taste thing, but I'm always of the belief that, uh, less is more, <laughs> and, uh, sometimes, uh, so much that can be said, uh, doesn't need to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with the character of Donya, um, we, we try at least to make it quite clear early on that she's seen some serious things in the past. Yeah,
2: sure.
3: uh, she's carrying uh, quite a lot. Um, I, I felt that by, uh, let's say, referring to it is enough rather than uh, co- having her constantly uh, talk about it. Because um, because if she constantly talks about it, then it would become a film that I made every effort to steer clear from, which is mm-hmm. the type of immigrant film where you want the audience to pity the character,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and and where you know the audience for ninety minutes watches the film, uh, feels sorry for the character, goes home feeling perhaps better about themselves for feeling sorry for the character. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, in in this way, I just felt like you know it was important to show Donya as she is, first and foremost, a human being. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, um, and with these, um, let's say, lingering shots where we, we look at her knowing what we know about her and um, letting, um, let's say, the patience of the camera, hopefully, um, connect her more with the people who are watching the film.
2: Yeah. You know, um, Anita, I was wondering, you know, during that scene where your character starts to cry you know listening to Diamond Day I mean what did you end up thinking about during that time I mean was that a time when you were going into your own experiences or were you focusing on something else
1: uh, it was my own experience because otherwise like um, Hugo has no experience uh, starting being an actress and mm-hmm. I never cried like uh, purposely. Uh, so Babak asked me to, if I can and all those uh, experiences that I had in Afghanistan the day, those days that I left the country that day, everything came in front of my eyes and I believed it and I feel that that song it was uh, me and John no one else on that moment. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. It's a beautiful...
1: My own uh, and my own experience from Afghanistan and the thing that I learned from the, from during that show, uh, during the film that I'm not weak and I'm not silent and I, especially that time uh, uh, that I have to ex- scream and uh, slay my on.
2: <laughs> one of the characters. <laughs> yeah.
1: I found my, <clears throat> I found myself uh, that I can do that and I can loud, I can have a loud voice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I want to, um, bring in uh, another voice here. We have Joseph Azam, who is the board chair of the Afghan American Foundation, which is a nonpartisan nonprofit, which is focused on advocating on behalf of the Afghan American community. Welcome, Joseph.
5: Thank you so much for having me part of this brilliant panel.
2: Yeah. You know, um, there's a line in the film about how afghanistan has been occupied multiple times and those different invasions have kind of displaced people led to various waves of migration can you talk a little bit about the different waves of afghan people coming to the bay area and what it's like to kind of share this common culture and history but a different history of displacement
5: sure yeah um so there have been at least four waves of migration to the u.s from uh, from Afghanistan. And, and I should note that Afghans have been here far before the first wave, You know, maybe even up to the Civil War. Uh, but the main waves happened around the Soviet invasion in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and then again, uh, when the Taliban took over, um, again, after the US invasion, uh, and then this last wave as well. Uh, and the communities have been really different. Um, I came here on asylum almost 40 years ago. And what's been interesting is there are parallels in our experience of getting here, But what's happened to us here is very different. America has changed and Afghans have changed. So what we have in common, Alexis, I think, is um, the experience of being displaced, (laughs) the journeys that we've taken, and the trauma of war. And uh, and Anita did an amazing job of just encapsulating all of that. Um, But where we differ, I think, is um, in sort of knowing things before that.
2: Hmm.
5: My, My parents, for example, knew a peaceful Afghanistan at one point. I would say over the last 40 years, there aren't many of us who have had that privilege. And so I think, you know, that's the main difference that we're seeing between the folks who've been here a long time and those who've come uh, even in the last 20 years, especially in this last wave of 100,000 since August 2021.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to try to help support um, this new wave of Afghan refugees who are, as you're saying, are, are have come through a very long and difficult period of of war and just turmoil.
5: Yeah. I mean, a lot of credit actually goes to the people who've come here. Um, They've gotten a lot of help from our community, um, from allies, uh, veterans, you know, people in the advocacy and immigration refugee space, but the credit goes to the people who survived to get here and the experience for them and for all of us together has been one of, um, you know, ensuring that they have the basics in place, right? So food, shelter, um, you know, access to healthcare and, and the like, and then working with them to figure out what the long term is right? And and for them, just like for us, this is home. There is no going back to Afghanistan. Right? That is not an outcome that that's acceptable to any of us. And so, it's been really working um, on the logistics of keeping him, them here long term, and also on the legalities, right? The immigration challenges ahead for this population uh, are tremendous. Wait, and come- so a lot of. Um, so most of them, Alexis, were were brought into this country by the Biden administration. On parole. That's a temporary status, right? 18 months to two years. In that time, they're expected to navigate our arcane asylum <laughs> and immigration system mm. and figure out how to make their status permanent. And so you can imagine you know, people who basically came here with the clothes on their back having to get thrown into the American legal and political system. I mean, that is a challenge that I'd wish upon nobody. Mm. And
2: that's what they're facing. Oh, man. Anita, is that something you're facing because you were, came in this wave in 2021. Um, what's your experience been like um, trying to to settle here permanently, if you are?
1: Uh, when I came uh, from Afghanistan, um, I had no idea that I'm, uh, I have to wait like three, to eight months to get my green card and be able to travel. This is one part, the other part is I got my work permit for maybe after five months. My I got my social security after five five months because I, I wasn't in um, camp or refugee camps. I I did all of the all of those by my own mm-hmm. and it was quite difficult uh, from one office to another office, waiting for appointments. Uh, I have all this experience and um, right now I'm in uh, asylum. I'm an asylee and I have to. Work on my own uh, green card, but for me, I had some guide. Uh, but for those who doesn't know about asylum, they, they 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 just have a parole visa and they have no idea. Some of them they have no idea about the uh, that they have to apply for asylum. They have to do the next step. So for them, it's it's gonna be difficult and yeah,
2: mm, yeah. You know, um, Joseph, I wanted to, one of the major kind of themes of uh, uh, Bubba's film is the kind of mental health system trying to, trying to deal with the experiences of, you know, people in Afghanistan. But like from the perspective of, uh, you know, a white psychiatrist in Fremont, um, is there sort of a lack of people who are properly trained to help people process what they've gone through?
5: Um I wouldn't say there's a lack necessarily. There aren't enough in the right places. Mm
2: -hmm.
5: Um, I think that the dynamic in the film between um, Donia and the psychologist to me was the most interesting Mm -hmm. um, because that is played out um, with ordinary Americans and mental health professionals every day as they try to figure out how to help. Mm -hmm. Um, But the mental health issues we're seeing here include um, the isolation that you see Donia experience, um, trauma from getting here. We're seeing secondary trauma from people that are in the families of the people who have arrived or are helping them. Um, and the services just are not adequate, right? Alexis, there are two areas in which services are needed. One is legal, and the second is mental health and emotional well-being. And so when you think about how much this population is spread across the country, right, 49 states and the District of Columbia, it's just not possible to get to all these folks and then also navigate the language and cultural barriers that exist, right? That's been
2: a real challenge. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the new feature film, Fremont, set in the largest Afghan community in the Bay Area, which, of course, is in Fremont. It's about adjusting to life in a new country and kind of figuring out how to make your way um, after a really difficult... Time in Afghanistan. We're joined by Joseph Azam, board chair of the Afghan American Foundation, which is a nonprofit that advocates on behalf of the Afghan American community. Joined by Anita Wali Zado, who is the star of Fremont, and Babak Jali Jalali. My apologies, director and co-writer of Fremont. We'd love to hear from you. I mean, what questions do you have for the Fremont team? Have you seen the film? We'd love to hear um, your thoughts there. You can give us a call. The number is 866 733 six seven eight six that's eight six six seven three three six seven eight six the email is forum at org. you can find us on twitter you can find us on instagram you can find us on threads we're kqed forum i also want to bring in one more person from the fremont team eddie tang is also one of the stars of the movie welcome eddie
6: uh, thank you thank you for having me alexis
2: Yeah. You know, um, I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about your character. Um, One of the delightful things about this movie, and unexpectedly delightful things, is that your character runs a fortune cookie factory, which is where Donya begins um, to work. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about what it was like learning what it would be like to run a fortune cookie factory.
6: (laughs) Uh, It's been a a pleasure, you know, to be involved in, uh, in this movie. Uh, it is a very um enjoyable role to play um i have personally I have no experience in running fortune uh, cookie factory but you know, playing the role uh really put me put me in a per- perspective uh, as mm-hmm. to you know, how how it is like to be to be running a store like that um and I, i'm glad i'm i'm able to provide some uh comedy relief, you know, with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a you're serious your background and, and theme, yeah. uh, wonderful people to, to, to work with you, Babak and, and Anita, uh, it was
2: a beautiful screen. Yeah. I mean, your uh, life story is obviously very different from Anita's, but you did come to the U.S. as a teenager, right, for college. Um, how did this sort of get you thinking about your own experience of adjusting to a, to a new country?
6: It hits home uh, when I read this, the script for you know for the movie. Um, it, it really you know touches me. Uh, I came here when I was seventeen years old, you know, to alone uh, knowing uh, basically nobody in this country uh, to go to college, and I ended up staying after after college. Um, so it's a little different background than Anita. But then again, we all go through the same you know, type of uh, circumstances, you know, like um, your jobs and relationships, um, you know, that, that kind of things. Uh, so, you know, this movie uh, really uh, is very realistic you know, to, to each immigrant.
2: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's so um, beautiful and also feels very Bay Area uh, uh, about it to me is that. You know, there are two characters coming from two different cultures, neither of which is sort of like the dominant, you know, Anglo-white culture. Instead, it's two other uh, communities uh, finding each other.
6: Yeah, exactly. You know, this is one of the, the beautiful things uh, of, of the Bay Area. It is so uh, culturally diversified. And everybody uh, is able to, to live in harmony. Um, you know, I personally have uh, friends from from all cultures, or you know, ethnic cities or races. Um But it's interesting enough, you know, to, to meet Anita uh, She actually uh, is the first Afghan I, I met yeah, in my life. And uh, working through this, this movie, I, I learned quite a bit yeah, about the Afghan um, wow. culture. Yeah. yeah. As far as your know, Fremont, it's, I've been in the Bay Area since the eighties and I've been to Fremont, you know, many times I've friends living there. And again, um, I never knew that there was such a, a great, um, afghan community you know in yeah. fremont so yeah.
2: something that yeah we're talking about the new feature film fremont which is of course set here in the bay area in the largest afghan community in the country joined by eddie tang who's one of the actors on fremont anita wali zada also uh the star of fremont baba jalali director and co-writer of fremont and joseph azam who's the board chair of the afghan american foundation we'll be back with more of your calls and comments right after the break Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about the new film, Fremont, a surprisingly funny and also intense um, look at a former U.S. military translator's new life here in the Bay Area. We're joined by the movie's director and co-writer, Babak Jalali, Anaito Wali Zada, who is the star of the movie, Joseph Azam, board chair of the Afghan American Foundation, and Eddie Tang, who has an amazingly funny role um, in the movie uh, Fremont. I wanted to um, just note one comment. Mia writes, uh, when I worked in San Mateo County, I had many coworkers who lived in the Fremont area, often went with them to the great restaurants. So I was curious about the movie, which I loved. It's only playing for one week at a theater in Sonoma County, and I'm trying to tell friends to see it the way the story unfolds is wonderful nice uh, nice for you there um, we'd love to hear from you um, have you fled a turbulent or wartime situation and moved um, to the bay area you can give us a call tell us about your experiences adjusting to to your new home or maybe you're part of fremont's afghan community and you've seen the film we'd love to hear your thoughts the number is 866-733-6786 the email is forum at kqed.org and of course, you can find us on all the social things. We're at KQED Forum. Let's uh, go to uh, Mohammed in Sacramento. Welcome.
0: Good morning. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's an interesting topic. Uh, I would like to know what is the mission behind this movie and uh,
1: what
3: she wants to accomplish uh, or the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And mm-hmm. uh, is there any other uh, Afghan uh, actor or actress are involved in this movie or just she's the only one? Uh-huh.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Baba. why don't you take that one first?
3: Yeah. Um, no, there's several uh, other uh, Afghan uh, actors and actresses in the film. Um, whatever role, um, uh, whatever character uh, is, a, is an Afghan uh, is played by an Afghan. Uh, so we have, uh, I would say, um, I can't do the maths in my head right now, but there's several others. Yeah, half yeah, a dozen. Uh, yeah, let's say half a dozen um who are themselves afghan. I mean let's, uh, look when we were casting the film um some point somebody brought up um it would be much easier to find an Iranian to play the role of Donya which for me was would have been a travesty. Um uh, so it was it was uh, absolutely essential that all the afghan roles would be played by afghans and that's how it ended up being. Um I think the first part of the question if I remember correctly was what's the aim with the film yeah right? what's
2: the mission yeah
3: um I didn't, listen I I am not of the belief that films can change the world um I say that as a filmmaker I just simply don't think that's a possibility uh I think if spider-man or James Bond uh or one of the Marvel films wanted to they they potentially could uh, but you know they would need to really do some serious rewrites and um make, uh, bring it, bring out diff- there's some different messages in the films, uh, but a film like this, I think the only, um, let's say mission, on my part at least, was to portray a um, a character that I find uh, endearing and show, like I said earlier on uh, in this talk, a, uh, try to have a uh, present um, Afghan women, in a way which we, I believe, we seldom see, and um, in a sense, once again, that we don't solely focus on them as a group of people without a sense of being or without a sense of agency. Because, like I said, based on my experiences and many other people's experiences, uh, Afghan Afghan women are mighty and uh, they have a voice and they are in many ways no different to a 22 year old Afghan woman is no different to a 22 year old Af- yeah sorry 22 year old woman from Germany Burkina Faso Canada El Salvador uh, or elsewhere uh, at the base level you know, what do you, what does one want in life you want to go to bed at, in peace you want to wake up the next morning having something to, to do maybe find companionship everything else is pretty much a bonus and I said do you agree with that
1: uh, yes, uh, the thing about uh, if, uh, about the story, and Babak uh, showed Dunya, she's not a victim. Uh, this is a point that I um, really liked it, and uh, I love it, uh, yeah. yeah. And we are strong, we are the same as other uh, girls from every country, because, yeah, we had a uh, war in our country, but we worked hard in 20 years, um, men and women. We had l- a little bit of peace, but at the same time, we had war in our country. Uh, you can imagine a girl or a boy in that situation, how they w- would be strong, how they can manage their life. So, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, um, let's take another caller. Let's go to uh, Marilyn in uh, El Cerrito. Welcome.
0: Thank you. I wanted
5: to say that I saw this film at the San Francisco Film Festival, and I was just blown away by the power of it. And I think some of the power comes from the humor. there' this is a very serious topic, but the fact that it was dealt with with a lot of humor, I think made it so much more um, intense for me. And I told a lot of people that they must see this film, so I'm delighted that it's now. In distribution
2: yeah absolutely i i totally agree i mean but i i was um i was quite quite surprised by by how funny it was and i at first you know it's in i mean just to let everyone know it's in black and white right and it's there's some smoldering take so the humor kind of catches you by surprise a little bit um we have a couple of other um uh snippets from the movie and I thought maybe um, so people could get a little bit of a, of a sense of this. I'm going to set it up a little bit. Um, D- Donia's therapist tells her that his favorite immigrant story is White Fang, which listeners may know is actually uh, about uh, a dog slash wolf. Um, and, and her therapist reads to her from uh, the book um, White Fang, and she responds. So let's listen to that.
5: She lifted her lip at him in the old snarl of menace and his memory became clear. His forgotten cubhood, all that was associated with that familiar snarl, rushed back to him. Before he had known the gods, she had been to him the center pin the universe.
1: He's a very brave dog. Yeah. He's a wolf. Uh,
2: the uh, Bubak. I mean, this the the therapy sessions. I I found them like so fascinating because you know, she and like in this case, she ends up comforting him as he's sort of crying over his own mother slash um, White Fang. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you came to develop that sort of um, psychiatrist character.
3: Um. I think it always helps having someone as wonderful as Greg Turkington um, be in the film. I've been a huge fan of his for years. So when he agreed to be in the film, it was a relief. Um, But um, I think when me and Carolina Cavalli, the co-writer, were writing this, uh, the thing with the psychiatrist was that, I don't know, if you imagine you're in therapy and oftentimes, apologies to all therapists listening, I'm not all of them are like this, but sometimes um, you sit there and, uh, well, I've been in therapy and when I, my therapist sometimes at the different times, uh, not a specific one, has uh, spoken to me, I started spacing out and daydreaming. And then for seconds, I thought, okay, what if they just suddenly start saying really strange, odd things. How would that work out? Instead of, you know, asking me, how does that make you feel? Or how did that make you react? Or uh, things like that. They just start talking about what I would consider maybe random things. Um, but I think randomness, at uh, what you first see as randomness, can sometimes, if you scratch under it, lead to something very profound. Um, and I think... Um, the idea in the interaction between Donya and Dr. Anthony in the film was one of, you know, Donya doesn't really want to open up. She just wants sleeping pills. She's not <laughs> yet comfortable talking about it past. Much like a lot of people who suffer from PTSD are not immediately comfortable in talking about it. Um, she wants an immediate relief, which is sleeping pills. And he uh, says, okay, but well, let's, you know, have a chat. And the chats progressively become a thing of him almost trying to, relate to her you know by whether he starts writing fortune cookie messages which is um, uh, replicating what she does as a, as a job and also uh, bringing up the story of White Fang uh, his favorite immigrant hero um, uh, to you know to get her in a way to open up but also to open up to her because he has some stuff he yeah does. yeah and it also
2: i mean it's a it's it's kind of brilliant in that you know he his own limitations as a person and in his own personal experience both are revealed but also turn out to be kind of helpful because it's only when he breaks down that she's able to sort of say like hey man it's cool i i like the dog i mean the wolf you know it's great uh, uh let's uh let's go back to the Let's bring in uh, Sunil in uh, Fremont. Welcome. Hi, uh, good morning. uh, And I'm looking forward to
5: watching the film. Not yet watched it. Uh, 20-year resident of Fremont. uh, So I'm proud uh, that a film film is made about Fremont. I've visited the the places in central Fremont. Uh, There are many businesses. uh, So my question is, Uh, There are already established communities in Fremont, uh, the folks from Afghanistan who has come in the 80s and 90s. uh, And how was is the acceptance uh, from that community to the newer generation of folks coming in from Afghanistan?
2: Mm, Yeah, Um, I believe, Joseph, that should go to you. Thank you so much for that question.
5: Yeah, thanks, Sunil. Um, I I am so proud of the Afghan-American community and the reception that they've given to the newest members of our community. Um, I think uh, they've been on the front lines. They've um, organized legal services, food, shelter, emotional support. They've even housed families for long periods of time. Uh, And that's to say nothing of the financial support. So I think the reception, Sunil, has been tremendous, and it's been enduring. Uh, And that's in Fremont uh, and in places like Ohio, where the community is a lot smaller, Uh, And places like, you know, other parts of the Midwest, like Oklahoma or parts of Texas, where there are only a handful of Afghan-Americans, it it has not mattered. Um, People have pulled together, truly, uh, within the community and and have wrapped their arms around um, our new neighbors and
2: family members. But I mean, there's got to be some hard things, Joseph, right? I mean, it it can't have just been all, you know, sunshine and rainbows when people are, are coming with very different experiences of what the country is supposed to mean or what the United States is supposed to mean, no?
5: Yeah, sure. I mean, the difficulties are in navigating, but there's such a deep well of empathy because so much, so many of us have been through this already. And and you would be surprised probably, Alexis, because you hear so much about the divisions in Afghanistan, right? Whether they're ethnic or religious or political. And all of that has gone out the window, I would say for the most part, um, when people have been faced with life or death and survival. And, and, you know, when we talk about Afghan women, for example, 40% of the people who came over, yeah, as part of Operation Allies, welcome our Afghan women, and so there's such a sense of helplessness for us as Afghans in this country for what's going on in the country that actually working with this new population has been a restorative, and so I think that's part of the reason people have jumped in, you know, head first to help.
2: Yeah, um, I wanted to play one more cut from the movie. Um, this is where um, Eddie's character talks to uh, Donia about the connection between that, that he sees uh, between his culture and uh, Afghan culture.
6: In Afghanistan, you have many different people, right? Yes. In China, too. Did you know China and Afghanistan share a border did you know? Yes, I did. I think people who share borders share many similarities. Us, we share border, so we have similarities. It's okay to feel lonely sometimes. It would be very strange if people did not feel lonely. If they did not think about other possibilities.
2: That was... About other people. That was a snippet from the film Fremont. And, you know, Eddie Tang, I mean, one of the things that's wonderful about your character he's kind of an awkward boss like in the office but he's also like a lovely guy and not a creep and not a jerk really
6: yeah thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is actually um you're very close to my own uh, personality so it's, it's a <laughs> <joy> <laughs> to, to play that role and that uh you know the the, the section you just played uh is you know something that really hit me, and uh, like I said, you know, hit home when I when I read the script, and that that's very real.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. He's sort of you know he's sort of wise, but in the most awkward way possible. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Uh, some similar praise coming in uh, for the movie. One um, listener writes in to say, I worked in Fremont for 28 years and loved the members of the Afghan community I met there. I saw the movie at a one-day screening and Q&A in Castro Valley, and it was wonderful. I'm going back today in Livermore. I hope it will get booked in more and more theaters. Kathy writes, this was one of the most original and unique movies I've seen. Great acting and directing. I loved it. Another listener writes, I thought this movie was wonderful. Very moving but funny too. Great characters and acting. I love the way the story unfolded. I'm recommending it to all of my friends. Um, given all that uh, praise, Bubba, uh, Cassie writes in to ask, or, or I mean Trish writes in to ask, for those who are unable to go to theaters, will this film be made available via streaming services?
3: uh yes i would hope so yes um you should try to see it in the theaters Um, (laughs) theaters but as is the natural progression of such things uh normally it's a theatrical run first and then uh onto the streaming um so yeah uh, not immediately but fairly soon we hope to have it on streaming platforms
2: yeah um very last thing there's a very funny cameo by boots riley uh, and one of his children. um how that did that just happen? It just happened to be there? Uh, uh,
3: no no um, I should sorry, I should just actually add, add that from October tenth it will be available on demand oh, on okay. streaming. okay, great. So if that previous uh, question last <laughs> the question is listening in., um, so October tenth. Um, about boots, Riley? no. um so uh, uh, boots, we asked them. I when need. To said-
2: down, oh, that's great. That's so
3: awesome. and by, by one of our producers George Rush was a producer on Sorry to Bother You so we um, had a relationship I had met Boots a couple of times during the San Francisco Film Festival in previous years got but it. Uh, so George had told him about it and he was good enough to come down and do this
2: that's awesome great just another fine moment in a really really great and fascinating movie it's called Fremont set here in the Bay Area we've been joined by director and co-writer of Fremont Babak Jalali thank you so much
3: Thank you for having
2: us. We've also been joined by Wali Walizada, who's the star of Fremont. Thank you, Annata. Thank you so much. We've also been joined by Joseph Azam, board chair of the Afghan American Foundation. Thanks, Joseph. Thanks, Alexis. And Eddie Tang has a great role in the film Fremont. Thank you, Eddie. Great, thank you so much. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Minakim. Kim.
0: Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, the Heising Simons Foundation, and the Bernard Osher Foundation, supporting higher education and the arts.